No, no, I just, I just kind of want to get your opinion on it. That's all. So you're pretty much admitting that the show you did without me on Spider-Man was bad. You need my opinion to help improve what you guys did already. Sure. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Welcome to the Old Titans, and I'll have you know, for as many times as I've been made fun of, it's finally been contagious. The B-Man was dancing to the opening music. I wasn't dancing to the opening music. Yeah, well, you know, at least a little bit. They were dance moves, dance-ish. My dance moves are awesome. They're, they're awesome. Can't deny okay. that. Okay, well, I, 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 I will not say I'm an expert on dance moves, so I won't. Okay, judge. That's cool. That's cool. I just think, you know, since I get made fun of for doing basically the same thing... I, I, I joined in for you for the second, yes. All right, so this is John Paul. B-Man. We are here. The old Titans are in the house, and kind of a greenhouse at that. Yes. We're in a different location today with soundproofing and... Is it soundproofing? Know, Can they... Right over here, there's soundproofing. See? Challenge accepted. Well, no, no, it's not a challenge. Oh, okay. It's sound, the sound dampening. Gotcha. Not soundproofing. So, um, let's start out, as we usually do, with a B-Man question of the week. All right. Game of Thrones started. They announced prequels yeah. to Game of Thrones. Two-part question. Kind of. Okay. Number one, would you make a prequel to Game of Thrones? It's already been a masterpiece. It's season eight right now, I think it is, or seven. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's whatever it is. Five, six, seven, eight, whatever. I think it's seven, actually seven. Yes. Because I saw an article that compared its opening of season seven to Walking Dead season seven. So. Okay. That works. So, you know what, okay, it's season seven right now. Yeah. Would you make a prequel? And if you did, what would it be of? All right. The really, 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 really short answer to the would I make a prequel is no. Okay. I have a feeling for a podcast I probably should expand on that some because it would be boring just to hear us sit around <laughs> going no. yes, no, yes, no, and that's it for this week. You know, so I probably should expand on that. Okay. So, no. The reason I wouldn't is not so much about Game of Thrones. Um... A lot of shows try this. Um, Battlestar Galactica, that was one that did it uh, with Caprica. They did the whole prequel thing. Um, that was one season, right? Didn't it like bomb or something like that? One or two. It might have made it to two seasons, but okay. yeah, it did not do well. Um, Superman is about to try this with Krypton. Sci-Fi Channel has got the green light for Krypton. The trailer looks awesome. It does look cool. I'm sure I will watch the first episode. My problem with any prequel series, though, is to me there's, there's a limited appeal on the prequels. Um, if it's a miniseries, you know, a one-night, two-night, five-night, whatever, you know, event, that that works. And even if they want to spread those five nights across five weeks, whatever, you know, if, if they say this is a limited thing, we want to go back and tell this one important event from the past of your favorite whatever, you know, show, character, whatever. That works really well, because now you're getting a story that was meant to be told. That okay. somebody had an idea of. But when it's just an ongoing season one, two, three, four, five, to me, for me personally, it's a limited appeal. I just don't like that. Um, this is even comics. I love, like, the World of Krypton miniseries. They've done a couple different ones. Three issues, four issues, standalone, get a story, and you move on. Five, ten years later before there's another one. That works. A one-shot, especially in the middle of a story. Yeah, how many times we had flashbacks in the middle of a season that goes back and tells an earlier story from some other time. If it's an hour, every episode. Yeah. Um, those are fine. But having the um, 
having an entire series around it, I just don't like. So the, the answer to the second part was if I was forced to make the seek to make the prequel, I would make it a short standalone two, three, four episodes, whatever. It depends on the story. So. Focus on your character in particular, or for Game of Thrones, I would because that's that's what the question was about specifically. Yes. Game of Thrones for Game of Thrones, I would probably go back, and for that one, the the one that jumps out at me, not being a writer, so I'm not going to have the most creative idea, but to me is go back and tell the story of when Ned and um, Robert Baratheon, Robert Baratheon um, overthrew the Mad King, you know. Tell that story, you know, basically one war story, which would be cool. It could be multiple episodes. That would be cool, telling that war story. Um, and one thing that you don't have to worry about as much, if you're using characters that you already have an idea of what they're like now, in a war action setting, you don't have to worry about the new actors really taking on the personality really well. You don't have to judge them as harsh because it's mostly an action war picture. If you go for a drama. You need to step separate it so far back that you don't have to compare them. And okay. I'm, not, I'm not sure how far back you go in Game of Thrones because I don't know enough about their past. Well, this kind of sucks right now in a way because my answer was literally word for word what you just said right there. <laughs> um, Great minds. From the dancing to the word for word question of the week. Yeah, that won't happen again. Yeah, it's... it's, it's the first time it's in one year. Yeah. Take, so yeah, we're fine. 34 episodes. Yeah. Um, 33 that you were a part of. 37 if you count all the ones that we threw out in the news. <laughs> That's true, too. Um, would I make a prequel? No. Just the fact, I hate prequels. I yeah. hate, I mean, I don't like the idea of prequels in general. You know how they end. Yes. And that kind of bothers me. Not really bothers me, but I'm like, okay, there'd be some twists to get to that point, yes, but yeah. you know how it yeah. ends. Well, the thing is, I don't even mind knowing how it ends, because the journey is more important, but you don't want something that goes for five years as you know how it ends. You right, want it to be exactly. short. Yeah, yeah. Which short is why I would think it would be, instead of miniseries, miniseries I'm okay with. Actually, I just thought of one exception to all of that. But I guess it's not exact. Babylon 5, you found out in the first season exactly what was going to happen to a couple of the characters at the end of the series, which was a five-year run. And and, um, Straczynski said he did that because the journey was more important. He wanted you to know. However, you didn't know everything, and there was a lot of twists and turns to get there. All you saw was a flash forward, not an entire series, and then go back and tell an entire series in the past. So that's what's different well, there. Even with Breaking Bad, at the end of Breaking Bad, I pretty much assumed he realized Walter White's going to die. Yeah. It was all hinted, like episode one or two of Cancer. And yeah, you, you knew that was coming from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I would, and you're right, I would just keep it on your lines. I would just keep it with Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon, how they got to where they were. How Ned went to the north and overthrew yeah. the Mad King, and so I'm kind of stumped, John Paul. I can't add to that. <laughs> I can't add to your comments. I guess the only other one, maybe, um, who is the leader of the Wildlings? I can't remember the guy's name. But you could tell a story that focused on him because he would have started in the south somewhere. I don't, right. mean, I don't mean Florida type south. I just mean south of the wall. Um, you could tell his story, maybe, of how he went from being average Joe Woodcutter or whatever he was to being the leader of the Wildlings. That could be kind of a cool story. I mean, the only way I could possibly say, like the Vipers Pass, for example, yeah. he died, he was a cool character. You knew very little about him. Yeah. And that whole island they live on, that kind of stuff, or even the Ironborn. Yeah. Again, know very little about them. So even in that direction, yeah. I could see it, it being more sustainable for a long period of time because I had nothing really to do with the events of the series. But if you're going to do that, I would just do it from wherever Game of Thrones ends forward. I would just go tell a story in one of those areas, so now the entire future is open for you. It doesn't 
tie the writer's hands. They can do whatever they want. Right. Okay. Well, take what's that. That's pretty good. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's good when we agree sometimes. <sighs> Not always. Not always. All right. The news. Shall we get to the news? Get to the news. You want the news? I want the news. You really want the news. I don't want the noise, though. Say, give me the news. Give me the news. Give me the news. I'm di- I did it once. No, it's like, show me the money. I was trying to do I, it. I, I know what you're doing. I okay. Just... All right. So, I'll, if you'll do it one more time, if you'll do one more, give me the news, I'll skip the noise. Give me the news. There we go. No more noise. Okay. All righty. So, this week, the one you're going to roll your eyes at, um, Wonder Woman. I have one, one more bit of Wonder Woman news. This weekend, it should pass Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It'll be the number one um, superhero movie of the year. Not the number one movie of the year. I think Beauty and the Beast still is outselling it by um, a little bit at least. But it'll be the number one superhero movie of the year. It definitely is the biggest success story in superhero movies in several years. Um, Not meaning box office. I mean, obviously, like Avengers was higher. But when you look at how it's it's sustaining power, it's dropped week over week, has been very small. It's still on almost 3,000 screens this many weeks later. I think part of that might have to do with our president and his kind of war on women thing that people took the wrong way. This is a good summer for a movie focusing on women and women's empowerment and all that kind of stuff. Not that that came out and was said. Not that that was the point of the movie. I think the timing just hit society at the right point to where it worked. Look at you getting political yet again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew you would. No, it was a great movie. Um, I'm glad they finally focused on a female character for lead. You know, DC's they most marketable one is Wonder Woman. Oh yeah. And DC always shied from her for the longest time. Couldn't figure out why. I was if, to tell a good story, it'd be a good movie. Yeah. And that's what happened. It's kind of a clone of Captain America story wise a little bit, but at the same point too, it's it was still great. She um Gal Gadot, or how you pronounce her name, pulled it off amazing. Looking forward to the sequel eventually. Yeah. Which they did just there was a rumor that her sequel um is gonna be in twenty twenty. There's a whole bunch of movies in between, like Justice League, and maybe two Justice Leagues between. So it's not the last time we see her before 2020. But uh, the rumor is that it's um, 2020 is uh, June 5th, I think is what they said. So basically the same time as as this movie, same point of the year. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Yes. The con, the the kind of the granddaddy of them all, the the one that everybody thinks of is, when you say, are you going to con or Comic-Con, that's what you think this of in San one, Diego. Yes. It's going on right now as we speak. Um, if you don't watch Conan, um, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, he broadcasts from San Diego Comic-Con the week of that. So he broadcasts there last night, and he will for the next couple nights. So make sure you listen to This is not a paid advertisement. Just happen to enjoy it. So. Anything good announced yet that you heard of? Um, it, it's kind of hard to say because they, they really just started up yesterday. And D23, the Disney shows over the weekend, so mm-hmm. kind of blurs together. You know, uh, Disney definitely showed off the Star Wars land stuff for mm-hmm. the Disney parks. Uh, there have been a lot of announcements of you know, different creators on different stuff. There is one big one. Mm-hmm. There is one big one that didn't really necessarily come out of Ca- San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they released some of this information about the same time so they could talk about it. Um, Hall H is where all the big mm-hmm. TV shows, big movies, everything else take place. And... Um, the CW will have all their superhero shows in there at some point. You know, Flash, um, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends Tomorrow, Black Lightning is coming. Well, they released some um, casting information. Anytime they're looking for a new um, actor, they, they release kind of a description. You know, sometimes there's a code name. You know, we need a Bob, and Bob is not his real name. And yeah, no, they'll I get a description. So. Sometimes Bob is even a girl, not a guy. It can be whatever. This time they actually had the right name on it based on the description. On the Flash, this coming season, 
I gotta say, I'm excited. Is it Gorilla Grodd again? No, it's not Gorilla Grodd. We're gonna get a certain nose-twitching detective, Ralph Dibney himself, <sighs> the elongated man. He's gonna become a semi-regular on the show. Yeah, join the cast. That's, that's awesome news for you. I'm, I'm giddy with excitement. Yeah, I, I, I don't I get to use tell. that phrase often, so I'm gonna say giddy with excitement. We get the elongated man. Uh, now they just have to bring along Sue, and then you'll have Ralph and Sue Dibney, and get to have their detective stuff, and then have a spinoff, and all my predictions will eventually come true. And wow. Yeah. It, this is about you. It's all about me. Okay. Well, all that's about good. Me. That's good. Great news. So, more I'll get it, man. Okay. Um, now a couple of more downer ones. Uh, we did lose a couple of people this past week. Conditions are normal. No. Okay, so uh, the sad news is we lost a couple of people, uh, the first of which, George Romero, Actually, I say first of which, I don't know which person died first, but George Romero um, passed away. Of course, famous, most famous for Night of the Living Dead and the whole Living Dead series of movies. Essentially created the zombie. Yeah, we would not have Walking Dead on TV today if it was not for George Romero. Right. Uh, you know, even though he had anything to do with it directly, there's no question that wouldn't exist. Um, love Night of the Living Dead. I don't know which is your favorite of all the different zombie thing. I Dawn of the Dead, back in the day. The original, in the mall. Yeah, the original like, in the, the mall. Original. Although, actually... I, it doesn't hold up to me right now when you watch it now because the zombies are so slow moving. They are. At least the new ones that considerably faster and a lot more threatening. Yeah. I don't find a zombie from the 70s really intimidating. I really don't. Just, was, just keep walking. Be that, that's where the first one worked really well because the first one, no one knew what was going on. You started with this one girl who got scared because it was in a cemetery. It was eerie. So as it built up to it, they got trapped in the house. Now they're surrounded. So it... Even though they're slow moving, they built the atmosphere well enough that you could feel the tension. What I will say in the original, they didn't get to the mall to like halfway through the movie. Yeah, yeah it took the, a while. With the remake, five minutes. <laughs> that's because that's what everybody thinks of. If they, if they took too long to get to the mall, people would be going, what the heck? Where's the story? Yeah. That's probably why. Probably. Um, and who was it that made the remake? Um, it was your way, wasn't it? Zack Snyder? You, you were the one who said before. I couldn't remember who I'm it was. I'm pretty sure it was Zack Snyder. Okay, so, hey, if so... Good for him, because I think you said you liked the remake, too. I like the remake. The remake, um, good. remake of Night of the Living Dead was actually pretty good, too. Um, I still prefer the original black and white. They did do a remake. Um, Patricia Tallman was in it. Um, several other big names in there. And they did a, just enough twist on the original, because in the original, you know, Barbara, she's catatonic for pretty much the whole movie. and um, You have the two main guys, one who wants them to go to the basement, one who wants them to stay up above, and, you, and you're following them, but it's always one of those questions of, well, did they do what was best? Because, I mean, pretty much everybody died in the thing. In fact, not pretty much. Everybody died in it. Um, spoiler warning for a movie from 1968. Um, in the remake, they decided to, well, what if some of those things happened differently? What if it turns out one of those guys was right and they should have gone somewhere different or somehow done that differently? Hmm. And what if Barbara had not stayed catatonic? And what if they're moving so slowly we could walk right past them? Well, could they? Somebody tries it and gets away. I mean, it's it's actually kind of cool seeing just those little twists. It didn't change the overall world, but just seeing the twist for this small group of characters was kind of neat. There was a good one, I think, back in the 80s, where this guy and his girlfriend go on this bike ride, and, and the girl gets killed. And he brings her to this government facility and resurrects her somehow. And she keeps, to, like, not eat brains. She's to put pain in herself. Or something. I don't know. I don't know that one. That was a good one. Yeah, I don't know just, that one. I'll look it up next one. Um, anyway, the other person that passed away, Martin Landau. Um, 
for anybody who doesn't know who Martin Landau is, if you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because I'm guessing if you don't know, that means you're younger, but you might know Buffy. Uh, Drusilla, our favorite Drew, that was his daughter, um, Juliet Landau. But Martin Landau, his biggest roles, probably Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest, uh, Mission Impossible. Um, he won his, um, might be his only Oscar for playing Bella Lugosi in um, Ed Wood. So the, that was the good news is that, again, at least it was not a surprise to anybody. No, these these were not people who were cut down tragically in their twenties. I mean, right. sad for anyone to pass away, but yes, that's this was you know nice long full life. Yeah. So anyway, goodbye to George Romero and Martin Landau. That's the end of the news for this week. Actually, actually, no, it's not. Is it Paul. not? Is it not? Because again, you you were a gamer back in the day. I'm guessing you were a little yeah. kid. You loved video yeah, games. Yeah. What's your first console, or one of your first consoles? My first console was, was a Pong, okay. actually. My first console of what we think of as a console today was the Atari 2600. Okay. Atari just announced yeah. they're recreating another game system. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Or is this news to you? It's news. I had not heard about that. Okay. I had not heard about that. I thought you were going to mention something else that I forgot at the last second, which I'll come back to. Okay. But, um... They wow. are making a gaming console. That is... It's kind of cool. I mean, just from a nostalgia standpoint, that's kind of cool that Atari is is doing something new. I don't know if there's room for it in the market. I mean, you have Sony and Xbox, you know, the PlayStation and the Xbox um, battling it out right. for first place. And at times, one's over the other, but, you know, whatever, that battle is there. Then Nintendo over there filling in that for everybody else, for, right. the, for this stuff. I'm not sure where Atari will land in all that. Will they try to compete with one of those three? Well, that's the thing about it was, you think back to the 80s, it was Nintendo and Sega, the two big ones. Sega's gone now. Well, no, that, was, that, been, that would have been more late 80s to early 90s. Nintendo was it? Well, you still, okay. Atari, Atari was all there was at the beginning. Then you got um, Sega Genesis that came along. Um, so it was Atari. Well, it, was, it was Atari dominated. Yeah, it was Sega Master System was the first one, which well, I think was in the early 80s, and Nintendo Entertainment System. ColecoVision. Don't forget ColecoVision. Coleco, which added to Atari, yeah. Yeah. But Atari was, Atari ruled everything for a period of time. We're talking like five, six years, and then the floodgates opened, all, yeah. these, all the rest, and it, it became pretty much just a game manufacturer. Not a game system, but, you know, game producer. Um, I'm kind of curious. Can it compete, you think? Don't know. I don't. It, it probably depends strategically where they're going to target. If they're going to target, and licensing as well. Yeah, and the licensing. But if they're going to target, say, Sony and Microsoft, and try to compete with the PlayStation and Xbox, they're going to have a hard time. I don't know if there's room for that. Right. If they're going to target the Nintendo Switch, there could be. There, there could be room there. They have to come with some good titles, but there could be room there. Um, if they decide to target old Titans. And go for the nostalgia thing, and only old, destroy old, them. Only just you know, only old gamers. They would have success for a period of time, yeah. and then, it would, then it would fade away. Because unfortunately, we'll die off pretty soon. Well, I'm not even talking about that, but yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, it would be a limited one. So I think they almost have to, if they're getting into it, try to aim at the Sony and, Mic and Microsoft thing. But they need to find a hook. Like Sony has the Sony uh, VR, you know, the PlayStation VR, right? But it's not like explode. It's not like everybody has that. Microsoft hasn't done it yet at all. If they came out of the out of the box with a fantastic system with VR and a good selection of games, especially if they had a good selection of nostalgia games, um, that could that could work really well. I'd love to run around as Pac-Man, gobbling up you know in a VR system, 
gobbling up power pellets, running from the ghosts, chasing the blue ghosts, that kind of thing. That would be really cool in VR. Or it is called the Atari Box, is the name of it. So I'm kind of curious. Atari Box. Kind of curious what it is going to be like. I really am. Visually, they definitely are doing a throwback to the 2600. Yeah, that looks just like rain. Even with the wood grain front panel. Yeah. So I'm I'm shocked by that. If if that's not on our website or our Twitter feed, you need to post that. That that's kind of cool. I will. I will. Um, and I need to pull out my um, Atari Force comics and reread those. And no, you don't need to pull those out. Those, those actually are actually pretty. Those are no, fun. Those, those are not fun by all. Atari Force was great. If they if they bring Atari Force back, that might be worth it. Although I'm now reading that it's going to be like the NES Classic. So it's going to be more of a throwback thing to all the old games. So that's why it's looking like the old one. So it's not competing with the new stuff. Okay, well that's. The only problem with that is there's so many that have already licensed all those same games. I don't know if there's really need for it. You can already buy an Atari 2600 duplicate that has every one of those games in it. But even the NES Classic, because you we sold them here. Yeah. At, at a store, and I bought one. Yeah. Played it like a day and played it since. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's really cool. I used to love these games. I haven't dropped out to play it and see what she likes. You know, she likes games now too, and she's like, what is this junk? <laughs> she, yeah. could, she just didn't like it. She didn't have Yar's Revenge. That was it. If she'd had Yar's Revenge, Yar's Revenge was a good one. She'd be playing a lot longer. Yes. All right. So the one news item I thought you were about to bring up because you reminded me of it. I can't believe I forgot it because you don't even watch the show. We have a new doctor. Doctor number thirteen. It's been going for a long time. Okay. Over fifty years. So new Doctor Who's gonna be um, actually revealed in show in the Christmas special. But they finally re- revealed this week who's playing the new Doctor. And I do not remember the actress's name, but for the first time in over 50 years, we get a female doctor. Bow time. I'll actually watch this for that. It could be cool. I think that'd be great. I think it's, I think it's long due, overdue. And um, the guy who's going to be running the show is taken over from Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat did a great job. The new guy is um, the one who created and ran Broadchurch. And the actress is from Broadchurch, so they have a good relationship from the past. Um, we know nothing about her. She didn't speak a word in a little... They did a little one-minute teaser thing where you saw the doctor you knew it was the doctor walking away from you with a long trench coat you couldn't you know the hood up and all this kind of stuff couldn't see the person they finally paused in front you know she she paused you know as she camera moves to the front the hand comes up opens up and the key appears and the camera pans up and you see woman's face and And no words are spoken when does this start christmas Christmas, gotcha. Yeah, Christmas Peter, Day itself? Christmas Day itself. Wow, um, okay. Doctor Who always has a Christmas Day special. Uh, Peter Capaldi, that'll be his last run as the Doctor. And somewhere in the middle of the show, we don't know exactly where, somewhere in the middle of the show, Stephen Moffat and Peter Capaldi both will exit. And they'll be like, you know, go to commercial. When it comes back from commercial, the new director will have directed everything from that point forward. Good to know. So, anyway. And I will say, instead of watching TV again on Netflix, I have Netflix at home, Yep, as you know. Back in the day, you got me into Veronica Mars. Never oh. wanted to watch it. You told me about it, like, give it a try, give it a try. I gave it a try, and I loved it. Oh, I, I love the first two seasons, I should yeah. say. Season three... Was no good, but again... They, that, that's a political thing. Characters were still good, but there was a whole, we're going to cancel you, no we're not. We're going to cancel you, no we're not. We're going to give you a couple more, no we're not. They were yeah. being toyed with. But yeah, so, the first two seasons... First two seasons were great. I just started watching Riverdale. Yeah. Which is the one based on... Yeah, well, I know Archie Riverdale and and, Yeah. No desire to watch it. No. I had zero time to watch the show. My wife's like, you don't watch it, it's great. I'm like, no, it's our team, Veronica. I, I could care less about this. It is the second coming of Veronica Mars. It is really good. I'm shocked by this, John Paul. Yeah. I've watched, um, like, one day, I've watched, like, four episodes already. 
Since I haven't seen it, I won't make fun of you for that. I won't. That's fine. Because you've seen Twilight, so whether you liked it or not, at least you're I allowed never, to make... I never finished Twilight. You didn't finish it, I but you finish. saw a part of it. Yes. So you're allowed to make fun of me for liking Twilight, because you did see part of it. Right. I haven't seen a single episode of Riverdale, except for the commercials. Okay. Um, I never was a fan of Archie stuff. Neither, neither was I. So even when they announced River, Riverdale was coming, I didn't care. Then they started showing commercials, and it was like, well, I don't care about Archie at all. That's not even Archie. I was I mean, thinking it's not really Archie. It's not Archie. They're using those names, but it has nothing to do with Archie. Right. Um, and that, that's why I think it's good, actually. I would say this right now. Just give, because you liked Veronica Mars. I loved it because I loved it. Give the first episode a try. Right. If you can honestly watch the first episode and say, you know what? This is not my thing. You can make fun of me all you want. For okay. It. That's what I'll do. All right. I won't go in in order to make fun of you, but that's enough of an incentive that I might have the opportunity. That like 45 minutes long, it is really good. Um, since you did like Veronica Mars, yes. to me, the real successor to that is iZombie. We haven't talked about iZombie on here much. People but talk about that a lot. And again, I, created know. by Rob Thomas, same person who created Veronica Mars. Yes. So, and he's even had a couple of the actors from uh, well, Veronica Mars. Well, he actually created from a comic book originally. He took the... Well, but the TV show. Yes. The, the creation of the TV show, the cast of the actors, the, the tone, all that kind of stuff was by Rob Thomas. Um, you actually get Veronica Mars herself on there. In a voiceover at one point, not as Veronica Mars, but as a yep. different character. You get the guy who played her dad on there. You get um, the love interest. You get they've been br- he's been bringing people in. Not yet, I get you. And it's it's been really cool. I can get back into that. Yes. All right. So you know, with only um, a few minutes left in our show, <laughs> plenty of time probably, but a few minutes left in our show, we probably should get to our main topics. Okay. So. One is Spider-Man, and one is Game of Thrones. Okay. Which do you want to go first with? Do Spider-Man first, because, okay. again, unfortunately, there's an Old Titans episode of a Spider-Man review. Um, that Old Titans episode came back very negative. I did. It came back, that was our least received, well-liked episode ever. Actually, it's one of our highest numbers on being no, watched. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, because people... Well, it's because I advertised it on Facebook. That could oh, be so that one you advertised. Yeah. So all the ones we do together, you don't have... Okay, well, we I did mean... one. We advertised one together, but this one I advertised as well. And... That's that's great. But um, yeah. it was a bad episode. Let's just say that. Okay. It was a bad episode. How about the movie? Movie itself, I enjoyed it. Okay. It was good. I have a lot of... Just a bunch of small picks for the movie. Okay. Um... The first thing, one of Spider-Man's biggest thing was his financial background. Yep. He was or poor. Or lack of. <laughs> yeah. He was poor. Him and I may have barely skating by. Yeah. And that's kind of what built him. You know? Trying to do the right thing, yep. but still yep. trying to balance life. This movie, that, that was non-existent. Completely gone. They, they yeah. seem to be, they're not rolling in money, but right. they but seem comfortable. They had, comfortable they had, at a, we know where our next meal is coming from at all times. Right. And, you know, Aunt May was going out there to a tiny restaurant getting free drinks. Yeah. Um, Peter didn't mind They, they went out to eat, first of all. They never did that in the movies yeah. at all. Peter didn't mind laying down 5 or $10 for a bag of gummy bears and a sandwich at a local right. shop. Right, yeah. He's lost numerous backpacks. Yes. Um, just a lot of that stuff. So, again, that was... And plus he goes to, like, private school, I'm guessing. Yes. So, again, that's not a problem at all. Okay, that's cool. Um, no small problem. Flash Thompson to me just was not Flash Thompson. See, that one I would disagree with you on. Okay. Why, why do you first? Why do you feel he's not Flash Thompson? Flash Thompson to me should be the um, just dumb jock, so to speak. And that's how he was always portrayed. The, the big he was, dumb jock. and he was in the comics as well. Just really athletic, but just no intelligence in him. Well, I went into the movie expecting to not like Flash Thompson. Right. Um, and it's not because of I mean, a lot of people have really 
dissed on him because of race and all that. I could care less. He just physically, you looked at him and went, okay, six foot plus big jock and this guy have nothing to do with each other. Right. Yeah. Well, he played it so well. But he, he, the actor played it great. That's one thing I'll admit. He came across as kind of the same level of jerk to Peter as um, Flash Thompson, because Flash never was evil. I mean, he, he was he was still a he was average high school jock, is the way he was portrayed, who picked on the nerd. Right. That, that's what he was. He was the average one who picked on the nerd. He was even Spider Man's biggest fan. That was always kind of the joke. Is, yeah. Is that? Um, so he wasn't a bad guy. He just was a jerk. In this one, you got the same thing. He's not a bad guy. He's just a jerk, and he picks on Peter, but. Because of the setting, yeah, the type of school they're in, I don't know if they even have jocks in that school. They didn't seem to indicate that they did. It's some kind of school for gifted kids, yeah. not Xavier's. But um, um, how do you feel about the suit? Visually, looked great. Looked fine. Looked I'll perfectly fine. I would have maybe gotten rid of the black armbands. And, I, I kind of like that actually. I mean, if he had one and he had it on there for Uncle Ben or something, fine. You know, but it just. That's okay. That, that wasn't a big deal. I love the way they incorporated the webbing under the arms that was once or twice. Because, yeah. you know, artist, artist in the comics, they come and go. The webs under the arms just come and go. Um, it depends on whether they feel like drawing them that day or not. They've never a purpose for them. They actually give a purpose. So visually it worked like the webbing under the arms. I hated the fact that it was basically um, everything was Tony Stark created. You know, he was he never had to do anything on his own. He you know, The one he created on his own... You know, look kind of dumb, but he was supposed to look kind of dumb. It was created by a high school kid, yeah. Yeah, but he never got to make that next step of creating stuff on his own. They gave one nod to that of him mixing his own web formula. Outside of mixing his own web formula, he didn't have anything else to do with the creation of Spider-Man. Right, and that did kind of bother me a little bit. Yeah, it was very high-tech, and again, it makes sense. In this universe, that, that's where I tried to separate myself. In this universe, in, Mar- in the Marvel whole multi- multiverse, in this universe... This is how Spider-Man came about. This is Spider-Man's financial setting. This is the kind of school he goes to. These are his friends. Um, he knows the Avengers. Tony Stark has helped him. This is who Spider-Man is in this universe. Given all of that, if you just go in knowing this is not the same universe that you read in the comics, this is not them trying to tell a story in the movies of that universe. This is their own. If you just accept all that, it worked really well. It made sense. Even if I didn't like it, it made sense. But I didn't like it. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I get you there. Um, and when you and I first talked, one of your biggest complaints was, there's too much Tony Stark. Yeah. I looked up online, like, okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's like, I'm in screen time, whatever it was, something small. I'm like, how is it too much Tony Stark there? Yeah. I, I called you foolish. I'm like, you'd be an idiot. It's, he's barely in the movie. Right. Corner of this thing right here. But then I watched it. Yeah. And yes, he's barely in the movie, it did seem like the entire movie evolved around him. Almost like Godzilla. Godzilla's building a Jaws. Jaws is building the movie, but the entire movie evolves on the shark. Yeah. That's kind of how this felt at times. Like, okay. I think because you, you know, when I said too much Tony Stark, I probably should have said too much Tony and Happy. Because you had both of them. But, and combining Tony and Happy's time on screen, you're right. Five to ten minutes. But it's done in ten to fifteen second chunks. Every few minutes, it felt like. Again, yes. That's just, maybe after having seen it once, I'll go back and watch it again. And can put that aside, it might not feel as bad, but they were constantly there. And again, um, just a Superman 2, I call this Superman 2 uh, theory. 
Okay, you saw Superman too. Yeah. Um, Niagara Falls, all of a sudden he's suddenly there. Yes. And Lois Lane makes the assumption, well, Superman, he's here, and Clark's nowhere to be found. She yeah. realizes this. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was where again, she finally became the good reporter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> finally. And again, cool. Had back in the 80s. This day and age, and Marvel's been kind of careful with this. Or, you know, most of the superheroes, I guess, they know who they are in these, this yeah, stage. Yeah. But there's no way the school of gifted kids can't figure out that Peter Parker isn't Spider-Man. Yeah, because... Couldn't. There's situations in the movie, I'm not going to do any spoilers. Right. But situations in the movie where it's like, okay, it has to be him. It just yeah. has to be him. When a hero shows up completely out of their normal element, and the only thing that stayed consistent is your group yes. of friends, and one of you is missing... Yes. That says something. After one of the characters even says, oh, he knows him, by the way. Now, they could have handled that easily. They could have had, and of course this wouldn't have played into the movie real well, but they could have had um, Tony contracting with Spider-Man for a bunch of different jobs. Not just the Civil War piece, but two or three or four or five different things. And the Avengers kind of operate all around the world to some degree. If they had had Spider-Man doing things in multiple locations several times... Then it wouldn't have felt weird to have Spider-Man suddenly show up out of his element because there were, people would not have thought of him as just the, you know, Brooklyn friendly neighborhood Spider-Man guy. Um, again, that's just nitpicking. It is. I it, mean, again, it still, it's still a movie. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Still a to me, it's one of the best Marvel movies in a very long time. Best villain they've had since Loki. Best villain they had since Loki. In fact, the only really good villain they have, except for Loki. Yeah, honestly, and they actually gave these like. Another thing that kind of bothered me in comic movies in general, you never really understood why the bad guys, like the lackeys, work for the bad guy. Yeah. Especially for Joker. Why would you work for Joker? Right. How are you going to die? <laughs> it makes no sense. This, they gave all those guys, even a small That's backstory, if they were already working for him as a construction guy, he kind of just falls into, I need money, what am I going to do? This isn't right in front of him. He goes yeah. for it, and they're already working for him, so they just continue to work for him. And they don't even completely see what they're doing is illegal. They know technically it is, but it's almost like somebody's speeding down the road. Okay, you're on a road at night by yourself, say the interstate, long stretch of road, speed limit's 70, and you can't see a car in either direction. Most people end up going 75, 80, or whatever. Technically, you're breaking the law. Yeah. But most people don't think of it as that bad. Now, they know it's worse than that, but at the same time, they thought what was happening to their characters from the first scene of the movie was completely unfair. And... This is how they're making amends. They, they started making amends, and they weren't hurting anybody. Right. That they was, we're just going to do what we were originally contracted to do. We're going to do what we were supposed to be doing. What's wrong with this? Yep. I mean, they knew what was wrong with it, technically, but they weren't doing... They were not becoming evil. They were becoming... Almost smuggler. Almost Han Solo smuggler style. They were taking care of the family just in, yeah. in the way they saw fit. Where it did go bad is when they start selling some of what they're doing. Right. Because who they're selling to, that's where they know it's... They're getting over the heads and... Yeah. They went, but again, they gave them backstory and Michael yeah. Keaton it was, was good. Michael Keaton was great. He sold it. He sold it really well. And I didn't pick up because I don't know the Marvel characters as well. I didn't realize his right-hand man was the Tinkerer and that he's a big character in Marvel. Alex picked oh, up oh, on that. I wouldn't that. say a big character, but he's, well, he's a character, yeah. Yeah. Alex picked up on that. Um, obviously, the shocker. Yeah. yeah. Wasted. I will say the shocker was wasted in this movie. Yeah, it, maybe he was the first shocker. There's two shockers. I don't know. Yeah, wasted and wasted. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. Um, um, one thing I actually liked here, and this is, I love this about this. Okay. My, one of the biggest complaints about the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, and I really just the fact that, I guess, it's an actor thing with the contract, whatever it is, 
they constantly had to take the mask off. Yeah. Constantly take the mask off. He didn't do it as much. I don't think he ever did it at all. Well, he, he, did, he did a few times, but it was not as in your face. It was not, I'm taking this off so you can see the actor. Yeah. When he did it, it felt like it fit in the story. I can't even, I mean, I guess a couple of small situations when he did it for a brief second, but yeah, again, it fit. Andrew Garfield, for example, the, I like the first Amazing Spider-Man. Garfield in it. He's saving the kid. Hey, look, yeah. kid, I'm a struggling guy myself. Take some, okay, you just show him who you are. Yeah. And they did that constantly in that movie. Yeah. They did it a few times in the Maguire movie as well. Every end combat scene, his mask was off. They didn't do that in this movie. Yeah. I loved it. And I thought Tom Holland, in my opinion, is the best Spider-Man so far. And that's one we disagree on. I still like Tobey Maguire. Better. I thought Tobey Maguire was terrible. But that's because, to me, Peter Parker is the more important role, and I thought he was a I thought he nailed the Peter Parker role. I thought th- I thought Tom Holland was great at both. Um, much better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire was. Tobey Maguire had no comic relief. He had no timing. It didn't make me laugh once. Tom Holland had me laughing hysterically yeah. a few times. Hey, it was it was funny. It was a very funny movie. And I still say Spider-Man Two though. The original Spider-Man Two is the best of all the Spider-Man movies for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't perfect, but I still think it's the best of all of them. This one probably comes in number two, a very close second. And this one had the best ending. I'm not going to reveal what it was, oh, but I cracked like up at the, the very, very, the very last, last scene. I mean, not, not, not the end credit scenes. Oh, not the end credit scenes. Oh. Which is, those are good as well. You mean the, just how, the main story. The main story is how it ends. I cracked up until the end credit scenes happened. I was laughing the entire it was, time. It was, it was good. So that was good. It was good. All right, so for our last couple of minutes here, how about Game of Thrones? I have to say, I have not seen it. Yes. Because um, I don't have HBO. But I've seen that its ratings were not as good as what they were hoping for. They weren't bad, but not as good they as they were They were actually still before. really good. Um, even though you were invited to my house, yeah, and you chose them to come, which is fine. You don't want to hang on me. No big deal with that. I don't, I don't take offense to that. And we don't hang out anymore. And so how much good. progress did every single character make? And I know it's <laughs> leaps and bounds, right? Leaps and bounds. No. no. Uh... <laughs> Well, actually, to answer your first part of the question, the ratings are down. They're actually I doing a lot of Game of Thrones parties. Yeah. Tons of them now. That's oh, a big thing. I want to say down. I just I don't mean like danger. Not like Walking Dead numbers were down. Right. Oh, no, no. I just mean it was. Oh, it didn't do quite as well as everybody had hoped, but it still did fantastic. At the same point, fantastic. I think right now you're looking at you know one camera on one TV having 50 people watching yeah, on one TV. Yeah, more of that. So that happens a lot. Um, started off awesome. I yeah. think you've seen the opening probably on YouTube, whatever it is. No, I hadn't watched the opening at all. I haven't um, seen the thing except the commercials. It pretty much started off right with the last season ended off with okay. Arya. She killed, uh, what's his name? Finch, whatever his name is. Oh, Finch, yeah. Doctor Who, whatever you want to call it. By the way, he's in the Doctor, the uh, Christmas special. That's awesome, I don't care. He, he plays the first Doctor in that. No, that's that's awesome news. Yeah. Really? Yeah, actually, he does a pretty good job. He's he's done it before. It's amazing how good a job he does in that. Um, started off great. The, the, it started off, it fired me up. I'm like, this is yeah. awesome, this is great. And it did felt like nothing else advanced since then. And I'm like, you know, there's only like, well, I don't know how many episodes left. 15 or so episodes left in the, se- in the series? Right. It seems like, other than the beginning, nothing else really happened. Well, here could be one thing. I remember seeing several posts. I think you even shared one of them, of um, body counts. Yes. And it was like zero, zero, one, zero, one, zero, zero, all zero. Maybe all zeros. Except Arya. Except Arya had a giant like 50 number. 50 plus, yeah. So here could be one reason they're not worrying about progressing any stories could be over the next five, six, seven episodes. Arya she just kills everybody. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm. She is my favorite character in the show, hands down. I love Arya Stark. Yeah, she's, she's, her, if, if this was just the Arya and Tyrion story, that'd be great. Yeah. The two of them make the show. Um, and I'm not getting too much spoilers, but it, it didn't seem like, other than the opening part, I felt like you can skip this episode and go on the next one and be okay. Yeah. 
Um, still just, enjoyed just it. Recap so you know where everybody's at. Yeah. Currently, still enjoyed it. Enjoyed seeing this, the character. I love these characters. I love them all. Even Cersei, I love. But I love to hate her. You know. <laughs> um, well, I'll be interested to see uh, next week or here next week what you thought. Did they continue to do that, or did they, or was it just a? Let's make sure everybody knows where we're starting, and then we're going to hit the ground running after that. Wh- which is it? I think that's going to be what it is. That's all. So, um, but again, I still enjoyed it, but I, I expected more. With this many episodes left in the season, yeah. our series, you know, it's come close to an end. Okay, let's get this going. And it didn't seem like that happened yeah. yet. I, I will hopefully get to see it all before I go to Dragon Con, because um, I think the series will end, this this season will end before I go to Dragon Con, because this one's only, like I said, six or seven episodes. Yeah, right around then, actually. Yeah. Um, because Cersei is at Dragon Con this year, so that's kind of cool. I would love to see her. Um, she's amazing. She's actually one of my favorite actors in the show. I mean, she, Sarah Connor Chronicles. I mean, she was incredible she in that. In that. She was great. Um, the Dread remake. I thought she was amazing in Dread remake. Yeah, she's, she's just really she's good. She's good in The Purge. Everything she's done, she's been great in. But you're right. As Cersei, mm-hmm. you want somebody to kill her. Yeah. It's just, but you love to hate it, happen. Yes, yeah, so I know. That's she what it means. She plays it so well. That, that's what I mean. She does it so well, even if you're somebody who likes forgiveness and wonderfulness and everybody has hope you want to know how she gets hers it's like you're like the little kid in princess bride halfway through the story grandpa stop who gets humperdinck who kills humperdinck you want to you want to know that cersei no one gets, kills him yeah and you want to know that somebody finally gets cersei could be george R. R. martin is a big princess bride fan and nobody gets cersei in the end no, I think with a character like Arya around, Cersei right. just doesn't yeah. have a chance of yeah. surviving. No, she, <laughs> I really don't. At a minimum, she's dragon child. I still think Jamie kills her, but I think um, with Arya around, somebody's going to kill her. Because if they don't, she will. So Yeah, no, it's, it's good. All right, well, I see by the clock here, we're almost out of time. So any last thoughts on any of those topics? Or do you want to go straight into our question of the week for next yeah, time? i to go to the B-Man question of the week. John. All right, then. For next time, what is our B-Man right. question of the week? And it better not be a follow-up on the Jason versus Chewbacca. Oh, I can think of a new question real quick. Okay. Right. Well, last week we talked about um, the comic downfall. The sales yes. and that kind of yeah. thing. I think you and I both agreed Marvel's hasn't been good. Yeah, the movies but, are great. Yeah, but the comics, the they've comics been having lots been just, of problems. They've been misses. Two-part question again. Where, in your mind, did this go wrong? Like, when did it start yeah. really going downhill? And number two, can you fix that from that point on? Can you go back to say, okay, you know what? Everything happened from that point on, just erase, and how do we fix this? All right. So can, you, good question. can you do that? Is yeah. it possible to fix? No, that's a good question. So, um, This will not be my answer for next time, but the short answer for anybody who doesn't join us next time is you just put Jeff Johns in charge of everything, and it probably gets fixed. Might be fixed. But I'll give you a better answer than that next time. So, for John Paul, B-Man, we are out of here.